All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. It's Chris Faber here alongside David Quadrelli, dressed a little bit different today. No, I'm just kidding. But high above from Rogers Arena here, let's get to quads here on the cam. We'll do a quick little switch. Actually, we'll keep it there for a second. Go back to quads there. Uh, look at him. He's looking good today. He's got his hat on. He's got his uh, his gear, Canucks Conversation, looking good today. Not very uh, energetic this morning, though. Uh, okay, let's flip over. David Quadrelli from Alberta. Were you listening to Alberta Bound uh, on the way over there, Quads? You're over in Edmonton right now. You know what I was? There was no Wi-Fi on the plane, and I wanted to get this out quick because, you know, obviously I'm in Edmonton. We'll talk about that. I'm at the Nation offices, Nation HQ, but I was flying with WestJet, and they offered complimentary Wi-Fi. Like I said, there's onboard Wi-Fi. Maybe they didn't use the word complimentary because they were saying like, oh, if you want to use the Wi-Fi, just download the uh, WestJet app or whatever. So I used my data to download that. So I was like, okay, whatever. I want Wi-Fi on the plane, so I'll do that. So I download it. And then once I load up the app, it's like, oh yeah, you can purchase Wi-Fi for eleven ninety nine. And I was like, are you kidding me? And that's for a one hour session. So I just, I didn't bother. I had no Wi-Fi on the plane, but I had Alberta bound um, is downloaded on my phone. You should have occasion, so I yeah. wouldn't do it on repeat. I'd hope it'd be downloaded by now. That's a song we've heard uh, multiple times on our way to Alberta. First, I got to mention because you know I suck at these intros. Uh, delivered by the great folks at DoorDash. You can use prom- promo code Ding Convo dong. DD. Thank you, Quads. Good job with the Ding Dong uh, promo code Convo DD. That's going to get you twenty five percent off your first order as well as free delivery. Did I say that correctly, Quads? 25% off, free delivery with your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Quatrelli. We're back. It's the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Joined, as always, remotely by Chris Faber, the man who built the place. Our technical producer is Alex Allard. Chris, what do you have on tap for us? Because I was in the air while we planned this. Yeah, well, first I want to get started with um, people have been asking a little bit why we haven't uh, done a cities thing in a while with Zephyr Epic. Um, just finished contract uh, negotiations with them. Zephyr Epic is re-upping with us, so we're super excited for that. I think it's going to be like a six-month deal uh, with our friends over at Zephyr Epic. We've loved working with them. I think it's, was it two and a half years now we've been with Zephyr, or two years coming up on that with Zephyr? Yeah. We've we've yeah. linked up with them for another six, so they're going to be here all Canucks season, so we're super excited about that. Some exciting stuff for people on YouTube as well, and this is an idea that Zephyr gave to us is like, um, giveaways. We're going to do once a month. We're going to do a giveaway from Zephyr Epic. That's going to be a lot of fun as well as opening up some packs here live on the show, because I feel like that's a thing that like YouTube loves people opening packs, right? Like this is like a pretty big deal. I think of people opening cards that normally it's the Pokemons, like you always say, but, uh, we're going to have some hockey cards opening. So jacked up to have uh, Zephyr Epic back on board. I know that one uh, excites you as well. Quads, you're a big uh, hockey card guy. Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of fun with Zephyr Epic, and it's nice to be re-upping with them. And we get to bring the cities back. Like, the listeners weren't the only people that missed that. That was one of my favorite parts of the show. Jumping to the chat real quick here. Chris French got the first comment. Wanted to point that out. Said, Good like afternoon. Say, Sam but... Wilson said, fire it up. We're fired up. <laughs> Nop said, nice to see the West Coast baseball team won. What do you guys think about the Mariners? Mariners are up right now, Chris. I don't know if you're watching the game in the background. Are you watching the score? Mariners are getting to Justin Verlander early as we record this on Tuesday afternoon. All right. No, I'm not. I think, uh, like, I'm, I'm rooting for the Mariners now, but they did just uh, beat my Blue Jays, so I'm not uh, I'm not jacked up about it. But, I mean, they're a local team. you got to support the local team, right? BC's team, Seattle Mariners. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll move into the hockey talk here because we got a lot to talk about. Um, obviously the regular season gets going tomorrow. We're jacked up for that. You're in Edmonton. You're going to be at the game tomorrow covering that for Canucks army, uh, which is going to be great. Uh, I guess you'll be at morning skate tomorrow as well to kind of break down some of the lines that we'll be seeing, but let's start quads with recapping the weekend. The big thing that kind of kicked off the weekend was the Vancouver Canucks sending Jason Dickinson and a 2024 second round pick to Chicago for Riley Stillman, who I am going to very much struggle uh, not saying Corey Stillman. And by the way, yes, Riley Stillman, you've probably heard it by now. He is the son of former NHLer Corey Stillman. Um, And this is an interesting trade for a lot of different reasons. I think we can start with the Canucks sending a second-round pick. That's where I want to start with this trade. That's a lot to give up. Um, The Jason Dickinson experience obviously didn't work out for the Vancouver Canucks. They trade a third-round pick at the time to get him. It felt like when the Canucks made that trade, it was going to be, you know, the the equation from that trade to me kind of presented like solving the problem with the third-line center. It felt like Dickinson was going to come in and be this defensive center who was really going to lock down what they have at the 3C spot And it's like, we've heard that story before with Brandon Sutter. Things obviously didn't work out. Dickinson really fell off quite a bit in his time with the Vancouver Canucks. And honestly, like the only thing I'm thinking back to like memories of Jason Dickinson. And I think the big one that sticks out to me is like him just saying that he was horrible in the faceoff dot. Like I remember that being a very brutally honest quote. And I think that's something that Dickinson was actually, you know, something you could, you know, say looking back at his time as Vancouver Canucks, he was brutally honest a lot of times with us in the media. Uh, and one of those things was him talking about being horrible in the face-off dot, not being able to really help on the penalty kill like a lot of Canucks fans hoped that he would because he was coming off a year where, you know, when when they went to the Stanley Cup final, the Dallas Stars there, like Dickinson was a big piece of that team defensively. He was the matchup guy going up against a team in a Stanley Cup final. You want to add that type of player. And it felt like at the time a third-round pick was like, hey, the Canucks probably got something good here and they only had to give up a third round pick to get him. Now you're in a spot where obviously the contract extension is not in a good spot. That's why the Vancouver Canucks had to attach a second round pick to trade off of it. But I like the, I like the piece that Riley Stillman looks like he's going to bring to this team. I don't think he's going to bring much more than maybe a bottom pairing guy, but the style of play and the person that Riley Stillman is, that's a thing that I think this Canucks team does need. Uh, and he's going to bring that to this team, and it'll be interesting to see how it kind of shakes down when we start to see the defense core get back to being fully healthy. And what you're saying is like a baseline of toughness, right? That grit, and like he said, he's going to bring that to the Canucks on a nightly basis, and you know that pleases a lot of fans, whether we like it or not. That that's something that a lot of people think this team is missing. So for Riley Stillman to be joining the Canucks, yeah, you, you like the player. Obviously, you don't like what you had to give up. Uh, to get rid of Jason Dickinson's contract. But again, like we, we saw the Canucks have the the perfect salary cap with their LTIR room and all that. We saw all that, and that was on CanucksArmy.com. I'm not even going to try to break that down. I don't think we're going <laughs> to do that on this episode, but uh, it's up on CanucksArmy.com. A nice, uh, nice breakdown in layman's terms as well. But Jason Dickinson, you have to give up a second round pick for. Obviously, you don't like that. There's not much more to say to say about it than that the Canucks needed to free up some salary we heard that they were trying to move Michael Furland they weren't able to do that evidently and you know moving Jason Dickinson with a second um you know that that's all this team was able to do jumping into the chat here Lisa stopping by we got Knopp as well nice to see the West Coast baseball team you mentioned that one a little bit earlier um let's let's get into what Stillman is going to bring I think on opening night I, I find it interesting today that we see the lines uh, and see Jack Rathbone rotating in with Quinn Hughes alongside Luke Shen. To me, that kind of screams that we are going to see Stillman here on the third pairing playing with Kyle Burrows. Your thoughts on if we see Stillman above um, Jack Rathbone on opening night? I, I think that's pretty 
interesting, especially the case of him coming in here and being the player type that he is compared to the player type that Jack Rathbone is. It would be interesting to see Stillman get that start over Rathbone in game one. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting, but I ask you this, Chris, were you particularly impressed with Jack Rathbone this preseason? Because as somebody, you know, Jack Rathbone, friend of the show, we get all that. I I wasn't particularly impressed with his preseason. I didn't really think he stood out. And again, I think when you heard those conversations about, you know, this team has a lot of guys that are kind of showing up and looking like they think they've already made it. I'm not saying that that was necessarily Jack Rathbone's mindset at all, but I'm saying that his play on the ice and, you know, the sense of urgency didn't really do anything to make him not part of that conversation, if that makes sense. Again, like we talked about guys like Phil DiGiuseppe looking like they weren't really, you know, thinking they had to work super hard to make the team. You know, we were talking about different guys in this kind of scenario. I don't think Jack Rathbone really stood out throughout camp and throughout the preseason. I think Kyle Burroughs did for all the right reasons. And hell, I even think Tucker Pullman toward the end started to really look like he, uh, you know, he might be able to play some bottom pairing minutes for this team. I know you probably don't like him next to OEL uh, on opening night, but that's where the Canucks are at right now. So again, I, I'm not really worried about Jack Rathbone long-term. I, I think he'll be in the lineup, but I think it's kind of a, you know, I don't want to use the term message because I think we're reading into it too much at that point, but I think it's kind of a, maybe serves as a wake-up call that Riley Stillman, the guy they just traded for, is getting a spot ahead of Jack Rathbone in the opening night lineup, if that's what we see tomorrow. Again, this is just practice lines we don't know for sure, but the Wednesday night game, uh, it'll be interesting to see who goes in because, again, I, I think you're kind of implementing that mindset in Rathbone when you don't put him in a game for opening night uh, to say like, hey, your spot in the lineup isn't guaranteed. Look, we, we're going with this against uh, the Oilers on opening night. So we'll have to see. Does it feel like a little bit of a, a safe decision here almost with Jack Rathbone being, you know, potentially out of the lineup here for Stillman? Because that, that's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at this third pairing be something where the Canucks, I think, were pushed around a little bit in Abbotsford at times. I mean, we saw some, we saw obviously the Darnell Nurse uh, flying arm into uh Niels Huglander at one point, Elias Pettersson gets pushed into the boards. There was even a play where OEL uh, got interfered with at his own blue line. Like, I I do think this is somewhat of a, well, now we're a little bit tougher matching up with you here with a guy like Stillman in the lineup. You're not going to be able to take those swings at a Niels Huglander or Elias Pettersson. I think that comes into play a little bit here, especially for the the season opener. You want to set kind of a standard for the rest of the season. I know it's just one game, but I think you can take a lot of a tell from the Vancouver Canucks in these first kind of three, four, five games because this season needs to be so much different than it was last year. So the first handful of games, I think they might want to kind of set a standard that's a little bit different this year. And to me, though, you'd probably look at Jack Rathman and be like, you know, he's a better puck mover. He's a guy who's going to bring more to the offense, potentially even sliding into the second power play unit. To me, it's just they're going to lean on Stillman here, I think, to kind of set the tempo of what this season's going to have to be like and that they aren't going to be a team that can really be pushed around as much. That's the part that I'm really excited to see with Stillman on this team is like that's, you know, everything you hear about this guy is he's a character guy. You could see in all the videos that I was tweeting out when the trade happened of his fights, like the bench is just going nuts. Like they they love this guy. That's what it looked like in Chicago watching him play there. Uh, He obviously sticks up for his teammates. He's also physical and will initiate on his own. He's not just a reactionary uh, physical player. He's someone who goes out there and does that. Like you you put out that fourth line that we're going to see from the Vancouver Canucks alongside with that Burroughs and Stillman pairing. I mean, there's going to be a lot of bruises coming from that five-man group, and I think that's kind of the way the Canucks might be looking at this opening night roster starting Stillman over Rathbone if we do see it, which is what we've seen the last couple days here at practice anyways. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you're bang on. Like, I, I don't think there's much to add. I think that's a really good perspective. And I, I'm sure it crossed their mind. Maybe, you know, if we ask Bruce Boudreaux if that's specifically the reason, I, I don't know if he would admit it, but I'm sure it's crossed his mind, right? So it'll be interesting because I think I'm going to ask Bruce Boudreaux about that if we see uh, Stillman in the lineup tomorrow. So let's get to it. Regular season starts tomorrow. Moving on to our next little segment here on the bottom. Uh, go for it, Alex. There you go. Spin it up. Alex is real proud of that little transition that he has there. Regular season talk. Let's get to it. The lines today from practice. Obviously, the big news here. Two different news stories I guess we could dive into, and we'll kind of touch on both of them here in this upcoming part. Brock Besser, still at practice, but now no longer in that non-contact gray jersey. He's on a line now with Tanner Pearson, JT Miller. That's what we kind of expect to be the top line for the Vancouver Canucks. At 5-on-5, five five, that's the line that I think is going to play the most minutes uh, in the game against the Edmonton Oilers. As well as Quinn Hughes returning to practice, he had a maintenance day. He he didn't play in the game on Friday, took kind of the whole weekend off. We were told that he was sick on Monday. That's why he wasn't there. You can see in the interview today a little bit of sniffles as he was talking to media. Nothing COVID-related, which is obviously good news, and, and Hughes kind of touched on that as well. But let's start with Brock Besser coming back to this lineup Obviously, a huge boost to this team. Um, I think Besser joked about it that he's only played in two preseason games over the past couple seasons here, um, but at least he gets to be here for opening night. And, and to me, this guy had to probably work really hard to get himself to even being at playing uh, in a playing spot for this team on opening night, and he's there right now. So that's that's positive news from what we heard initially from Brock Besser. It sounded like it could be two to four weeks. Glad to see that it's closer to two than it is to four, and that he is expected to be in the opening night roster against the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, absolutely. And all, all I'll say on Besser, obviously we're super happy for him that he's back. And again, like you're happy that uh, the nature of the injury and the surgery allowed him to keep his skating legs the whole time, right? Like he was skating and he was skating hard, uh, like right from day one of, you know, in, uh, this recovery process after the surgery. So what I'm really curious to see is, you know, is there any hesitancy to shoot, right? Because when Besser was recovering and, and had recovered from the crazy back injury that he had, um, confidence was the big thing that kept getting talked about, right? And the confidence to shoot, does Besser have that confidence to shoot? Because he's talked about it time and time again, right? About the sense of, you know, when he's feeling good, he's shooting. And when he's shooting, it means the rest of his game is going to fall into line uh, accordingly. So I'm really interested to see. I, I hope he hasn't rushed himself back. I, I understand the um, the desire to get a full 82, and especially given his track record and, you know, his, you know, not inability, but una- he's been unable to and no fault of his own but he hasn't really been able to play uh, many full seasons, right? So I understand why Brock Besser would want to come back. Uh, I just, like I said, I hope he's not rushing, and we'll see if he's there tomorrow. You mentioned today, obviously, he feels ready and is excited for tomorrow. Another quote that was interesting to me is that he said, it's good enough to play, so that's all that matters. Also mentioned that there's no pain when taking one-timers. Um, the other part I want to bring up about this lineup and Brock Besser's return is when we can get to the power play lines here, Alex. Um, don't see Brock Besser on the first power play unit. It looks like Andre Kuzmenko is going to start the season for the Vancouver Canucks on PP1, playing as that net front presence. This opens up, obviously, the one-timer, and for Brock Besser to be the guy who is making, you know, kind of being the guy to be the one shooting the puck on the second power play unit. I look at these two power play units, feel pretty good about it. A um, little interesting for me having Pearson in the bumper. That might be the only thing I look at this group of 10 players. And I think eh, maybe Pod Colson could get himself into that spot at some point. Um, but I do like Garland as kind of that guy who looks like he's going to be the net front presence, more of a behind the net presence for Garland and making plays from behind the net there. 
But interesting to see Kuzmenko start on PP1. Do you think if Brock Besser is healthy all season or all preseason long, we get to this point? Or is Kuzmenko starting there because Besser had to miss the preseason? It's tough because it was Besser's spot before, right? And was Kuzmenko going to show enough on a second power play unit where they say, well, we got to move Brock Besser. And was Brock Besser going to show poorly enough on a first power play unit to get moved off of it? I don't think so. So, Chris, to answer your question, I think, no, if Besser's healthy the entire preseason, that we don't see Kuzmenko on the first power play unit. Although, I do like Kuzmenko in that spot on the first power play unit. I think, you know, I think he might be a better behind-the-net option than Brock Besser is, and I think Brock Besser's probably a better half-wall option than Kuzmenko is. So, I kind of like the fit for both players, if I'm being honest with you, because we saw the power play in the preseason. It was really good, and it's good to know, like, Again, like I, I don't want to read into it too much or spend too much time talking about it because it's good to know that you know if something's not clicking on PP one, you've got options now, right? And you know we've talked about the options in the past, but they didn't really have options, right? There, there wasn't anybody that really messed with that first power play unit the way that whoever they were replacing did. But I, I would say that Kuzmenko and Besser, you know, they meshed in similar levels with the first power play unit. Yeah, most definitely. I think the interesting thing is when when you use Brock Besser as that net front presence, kind of behind the net type of player, you do take away probably his most lethal lethal skill being his shot. So having him on the left half wall here in this situation, it does open up that to look a little bit different. Also, it, it's a different feel because I think having a right shot guy as your net front presence does open up, obviously, that bumper shot for a left shot guy like Pearson. It's going to be interesting to see the dynamic of a right shot guy being there on the left side because all we see on the first power play is always JT Miller there, right? So it is a little bit of a different look, uh, and we'll have to see how it fits. What do you think about Huglander getting a chance there on PP2? I mean, it, it is a little interesting to me. It's um, I don't think Huglander has obviously been in the best books of Bruce Boudreaux, especially from the last season and watching him play in NHL games. I think he's probably gone up his rankings a little bit throughout preseason. He's been pretty impressed with him at training camp, but... A uh, little little surprise for me to see Huglander hop on that uh, second power play unit. Just a little bit surprised. Not a ton, but just, just a little bit. I'm surprised that, you know, you use the word surprise. Like, I, I, I don't think it's a bad spot for Nils Huglander to be in. I think, again, you want the player to be confident, right? So, again, like, you're you're... He's made the lineup. He's made the roster. He's going to be in the top nine. Again, some of that is due to injuries, but I think you and I have had this conversation, Chris, as well, that you know, even if there weren't any injuries, I think Niels Huglander left this coaching staff, or would have left this coaching staff, rather, with some really tough decisions, right? Again, we've talked about, oh, is there a fit on the fourth line? I don't think you could make the end, and now that Dickinson's gone too, right? If that trade still happens without the injuries, it's tough to talk in complete hypotheticals like that, but I like Nils Huglander on the second power play unit. Again, I think this is a guy who needs to have the confidence, and again, you, you've talked about Bruce Boudreaux, um, you know, him not being in Boudreaux's best books, but this is a chance for Huglander to, one, prove himself on the man advantage, uh, and two, just get some confidence in the offensive zone that you hope can translate to five-on-five play as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, interesting, and you can see it in the chat here, still no pods on the power play. That's that's the question, right? I think yeah. I think Vasily Podkolzin shot. We've heard players talk about it last season that they're like, he might have the hardest shot on the team, right? And I think he's obviously, that's something that he wanted to work on in the offseason here. So to see Podkolzin not get on the power play, a little surprising to me, and, and I think when I look at the bodies that might come off of that second power play unit, it might be Pearson, it might be Huglander. I think if, if either one kind of slacks in their opportunity here on the second unit, at least you can slide Pod Colson right into that group. Final thing I want to mention about that second power play unit, and I love to see it, 
You don't need a center on your second power play unit. You do not need a center. The only time you're going to have to take a face off with your second power play unit is if you ice the puck, which might happen once in a season. So you do not need a center on your second power play unit. I'm happy to see that. Final thing from the roster um, is Ely Mikheyev. Saw him out there at practice yesterday. Looks like he's getting close. He's skating and wasn't really at a full speed or a full stride just yet. But I think he is getting pretty close. And uh, as you can see there in the tweet from Brendan Batchelor of Sportsnet 650 uh, in a non-contact jersey again today. It'll be interesting when he comes back. Does does he hop right into that spot for Niels Huglander? Does Niels Huglander come out of the lineup? Um, the other surprise maybe from the lineup we'll touch on ahead of tomorrow quads is Niels Amon. He's made this team. He's made the opening night roster from what uh, what we're seeing right now. That's a little bit... A little bit of a shocker. I think we, we talked about it being like a hot take, I think, early on uh, or late in the summer that Niels Amon could come in and take that job. I loved what I saw from him at development camp. Uh, similar sort of thing out in Penticton at the Young Stars. I'm still damn shocked that he's going to be on the opening night roster for the Vancouver Canucks. If you would have told me this three months ago, I, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but I might have stolen your take for a hot take on the show. But I, I am surprised to see him on the opening night roster here. Well, I mean, he's the extra forward now, right? When Once Mikheyev returns, Lazar is sliding back to the middle. Again, Dakota Joshua's played some center as well. You're going to have three centers uh, able to play on that fourth line. Niels Amon's going to be the first guy up, right? And again, like, you know, who's ahead of him, right? Is it Sheldon Dries? Because when you look at the depth chart at the center position, it ain't pretty for the Canucks. So when you look up and down, I see like, yeah, I agree with you that I'm surprised Niels Amon's made the team. And if you told me that a couple months ago, I'd be even more surprised. But, you know, given the injuries, given the Dickinson trade, I don't think it's comes as a huge shock. Again, he didn't really do anything to stand out in the preseason. I think, I think Linus Carlson was kind of someone that surprised me that he got as long of a look as he did uh, on Elias Pettersson's wing. Because, you know, if, if I have to pick between Amon and Carlson, I'm going with Amon. But, like, it, it was crazy to see Carlson still getting chances with Leo Patterson, like right down to it. And I know injuries played a big part in that, but again, like uh, I think this is a good opportunity for Niels Amon. I, I think it's going to show though. Like you just kind of pointed out, like you're surprised. I'm not surprised given the Canucks depth, but I do think it's going to show kind of the, um, you know, the room he still has to grow and, and how, how long it's going to take him to actually become a regular NHL player if he ever does. It's surprising to me because having names like Phil DiGiuseppe, having Sheldon Dries, even Linus Carlson, you bring him up. The fact that Amon was able to outwork those three players and win this spot, like props to him. He went out and did it himself, right? It's, you know, you, you mentioned the depth's not the greatest and Dickinson was traded, but like still through all that, Amon was able to work himself into that spot. So good for him. Uh, young kids still, I think 22 years old. Uh, and the Canucks signed this guy. Like this, this guy didn't get uh, a, a deal after his in, initial uh, ELC. That's why the Canucks were able to go and get him, right? So, uh, really good spot. And so far, looks like a win for the Canucks. Even if this guy ends up playing twenty games, right? All you did was spend a contract on this guy. So, uh, nice little addition to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, and uh, and we'll have to see Niels Amon here on opening night. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quads, let's get to uh, next one there. Go ahead, Alex. Pull it up. You know the photo. Pull it up. We got uh, five questions for quads um, over. He's in Edmonton. News to you, you haven't checked it out. Pull it up. There it is. Price is the price is right. Is Quads questions going to be right here? I got five questions for you, Quads, about uh, the Vancouver Canucks this season. And uh, I'm going to set you up here. All right. Yeah, that's enough of the image there. My head looks huge. Look at look, bowling ball on, uh, on the prices right here. All right. First question, Quads, for you. Who puts up more points this season, Connor Garland or Bo Horvat? And I bring this question up because both finished with 52 points on the year last year. So Bo Horvat or Connor Garland, who finishes with more points this season? Connor Garland. And, and the it- reason I say that, I'll, I'll expand, I'll expand. The reason I say that is because to me, and I believe in Bo, but to me, everything broke right for Bo Horvat last year. And for Connor Garland, everything went poorly. Like, that was a bad season for Connor Garland. He's the one that said that, um, you know, he wants a bounce back year for himself this year. So I'm going to go with Connor Garland on that one. I agree. And I think getting an opportunity on the second power play unit, as well as potentially being the guy who gets the chance to go up there with JT Miller and play on that line with him and Pearson, we've already seen that be an option. So it's interesting to me. I think Garland is going to produce as well. He put up a ton of points last year, tied for the league. Uh, the lead on the Vancouver Canucks anyways with uh, five-on-five scoring. So I think Garland's going to have a, a good year. And, and I would go with Garland as well. Um, and not not just because Bo Horvat might get traded. Who knows? Maybe he gets traded at some point. That's a hot take, uh, bold prediction potentially for the season. All right, Quads, question number two. Over or under on Thatcher Demko at 59 starts this season? Are you taking the over? Or are you taking the under 59 starts for Thatcher Demko? Do you know how over-under works? Uh, over. Yes, I'm taking the over. Our friends at Betway taught me. I'm taking the over on that. I think Spencer Martin's going to be uh, relied upon, but I think 22 starts for Spencer Martin is still a number that I think the Canucks would like to stick in. And again, talking about guys who didn't impress a ton in the preseason, Spencer Martin's part of that conversation, right? I know it's an all, a whole different position, but you know, I think going into the season, and depending how the season goes, you're riding with Demko as much as you can, right? And when I say as much as you can, because I mean you got to keep that workload in check, right? You got to make sure he doesn't break down toward the end of the year. But I also wanted to mention, Thatcher Demko doesn't agree with the statement that he broke down last year. He was talking about how his injury that he sustained wasn't one that happens when you've you know broken down. And again, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but I just wanted to add that in since I used the term uh, broke down. So 61 starts for Demko last year. Doesn't end up finishing the season. 61, does that feel like too much, or is this a different Demko that we're looking at this year compared to the one that didn't make it through last year at 61? I think you're... 
I think you're kind of walking the line. I would like it to be under 59. Like, I think they should keep it under 59. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be over 59. And again, I don't think you want to get much higher than 65 for sure. Right. Um, I think 59 is probably like the number that you actually want to hit as the top, if I'm being honest with you. Let's get to one in the chat little question here. Garland for Priyarvi. Got a couple. Um, from Yash. And by the way, people who are just tuning in here live, I see your numbers have jumped up a little bit. Uh, we're live here from 1 o'clock to about 1.45, 1.30 every day. So come check us out 1 o'clock here. Maybe uh, push your lunch break back an hour. Uh, I, I'm not taking that deal, Garland, for Poyarvi. I, I think Poyarvi is going to be um, – I think his stock's going to – like it's going to be interesting. If he plays well, maybe the Oilers want to keep him. But it just feels like they're – like there's just been too much smoke around Poyarvi getting moved that I think that he's one of these guys that you're going to see the trade. And you're going to be a little underwhelmed eventually for it. And I think Garland's a guy who looked at around the league, especially by the analytics community is like, he, he is a guy who is performing up to his contract right now. So the Canucks having him locked up for $5 million. I, I think it's going to be a fine deal throughout. He's a player who puts up a ton of points at five on five, more than people kind of expect. I know, you know, having somewhat of a down year last year, but you brought it up in a down year, for Garland and a very on the up year for Bo Horvat, they had the same amount of points. So I, I do think that I look back at Garland's season last year, and I think the only thing really lacking was that 20 game stretch where he didn't score a goal and the points on the power play. Those were the two things that lacked last year. If he has those two, you're looking at the season from Connor Garland and thinking, wow, uh, that's a good year for him in his first year at the Vancouver Canucks. Lisa coming in as well. Will Harmon, cue the money song. We got that coming. Be on a future episode. Working out something with Harmon. Hopefully, hoping that uh, Harmon Dow is going to be joining us here as a regular contributor of the show, uh, which we would both like, obviously, taking that back from the podcast as well. Okay, quads, question number three. You hold might on, not like this on. one. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to the mall with Harmon tonight. Harmon right. and I are hitting West Edmonton Mall tonight. I had to mention that. Um, and uh, Sorry. I don't want to cut you off too much, but Canucks bow jumped in the chat as well and said, how many points for Elias Pettersson this season? I'm going to say, I'm going to set the over under Chris at 85 over or under that. Ooh, that, yeah, that's a good number to pick. Um, that's where I would have projected. Um, I'm going to go with under that because I think, you know, knock on wood, an injury keeps him out of a few games. I think if he plays 82 games, he gets 85 points. So um, I'm going to go under just because there probably are going to be, a couple of little bumps and bruises that keeps him out of maybe a handful of games this season. So I'll go under 85, but not by a lot. And just because I don't expect to see Pedersen for 82 games. I'm going to say over 85. Wow. I'm okay. not going to expand on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, missed your take on Dickinson train. Yay or nay. Kind of meh. Maybe leaning towards nay. You don't like to give up the second round pick and, and the money, I think as well. You can go back uh, and check that out in the earlier part of the YouTube video as well. Or if you're listening on the podcast, Check it out there as well. Ready quads. Number three. Maybe maybe Alex needs the bubble on this one uh, because I don't know what this answer is going to be. Quads, which prospect are you most excited to follow this season for the Vancouver Canucks? Archer Seelovs, and I'm not even doing a bit. It's going to be really interesting to see. And again, you had a really good chat with head coach Jeremy Colleton this morning. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how many starts Archer Seelovs gets uh, in Abbotsford this season, but also, you know, does he earn those starts? Because that's the big theme of what Colleton said in his interview with you was just that, look, he's going to have to earn those starts because right now Jeremy Colleton has three starters in Abbotsford with him. So again, it's interesting one to see how they kind of deal with the goaltending situation out there. Remember Patrick Alvin told me when I asked him the question that uh, they were planning on having two goaltenders out there in Abbotsford this season. So I'm not sure um, if that's changed or what's going to happen, but 
again, I think the biggest thing for me this season as somebody who watches prospects or watches goaltending prospects for that matter uh, is Archer Seelovs and also Aku Koskenvo in Harvard, right? Um, you know, does he get that starting role in Harvard? Because it's not a guarantee that he'll get many starts out in Harvard this year. So those are the two that I'm keeping an eye on. And just for people on the video here, Alex keeps pulling up every time I go to the iced coffee here. Alex keeps flipping over back to me. I see what you're up to, Alex. I can, I can see the video as well here. So nice try <laughs> pulling that up here. All right, number uh, question number four. Will Andre Kuzmenko put up more than 40 points this season? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm saying over. Over 40 for sure. Yeah, I think I'm going with over 40 as well. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to be a guy who gets like near 60. Right? Like I, I would be pretty I surprised. Hold on. This is a guy playing first power play unit. This is a guy who's probably going to play with Elias Pettersson for most of the year. I see no reason why he can't get over 60. And again, I know this is this is like sounding like the positivity podcast of the ages, but I, again, over, like, over, it just over. comes down to opportunity, right? <laughs> it just comes down to opportunity. That's what I kind of put it at. And again, I think there's no reason, especially what we saw through the preseason, that Kuzmenko can't hit over 60. Right, over um on the 40 points is something i'll go with but i also think talking about opportunity it's like yes he set himself up to start the season from good play in the preseason for this opportunity how does he look 20 games in still right this this is going to be an adjustment sure. period in my eyes is he the best option with elias Pettersson at game 21 maybe not is Vasily pod colson already having one year of nhl uh, experience under his belt the better option at that point maybe he should be playing there on a line that you want to get goals from Potentially is Brock Besser going back to power play one as soon as his wrist is really back to a hundred percent. Because I think even from the quotes that Besser said today, he said, you know, it's good enough to play, right? I don't think it's at a hundred percent when he is back at a hundred percent. Does he get back on that first power play unit or anytime there's a struggle on that first unit? Does Kizmenko the first name that gets taken off? Yeah, absolutely. It's 100% the first name that gets off yeah. that unit. So I don't think this is, you know, set in stone right now where we're going to see Pedersen's number one line mate be Kuzmenko throughout the whole season. And I don't think we'll see him on the first power play unit all season long either. I, I love what he does in preseason. Uh, you need to see a good sample size in the regular season before I think you can really start to talk about getting close to 60 points. I think that's a big ask uh, for a guy like Andre Kuzmenko, who, yes, up to this point, he's impressed as an NHLer, but he's impressed as an NHLer in preseason. He's, he's got to do it in the regular season before we get to that point. So I'm taking the over on 40 still. But, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be that much over 40, and I'll be, I'll be happy to be impressed if it is more than that. Final one, quads. The Vancouver Canucks, right now on Betway, giving you odds that they will make the playoffs. Are you standing with Betway, or are you standing against the sponsor and ripping on their questionable choices here with what the, <laughs> what the Canucks are to make the playoffs? Do you think the Canucks make the playoffs this year? We did our predictions for the standings at Daily Faceoff. I've got them at least in a wild card spot. I think the Canucks are making the playoffs this season. Um, again, I, I'm not going to encourage people to take that bet, but hold on a second. Can we talk about you on Friday's show telling people to put 50 bucks down on the score being 4 nothing? You and I were texting during that game, and you, were, you I thought you were going to jinx yourself because you texted me at like the start of the third, and you were like, dude, I think this might hit. I was like, are you kidding me? It's the start of the third period, and then sure enough, game ends 4 nothing. Canucks, you were right. Well, we sent uh, Wyatt Arndt the stanchion went to that game for us, and I was, so I'm up here, yeah. as we can see. You can cut to the back view here. Alex, show them where we are, facing down Rogers Arena, right down there. There's quads over there. He's zoned right out once. His prospects report's going on. Look at quads. He's not even moving. Uh, Rogers Arena down there. 
so the horn goes right and then the a goal happens because it's on like a stream it's like 30 seconds later so i'm sitting there like the whole time watching it on the stream and just hoping for like not to hear the horn right not to hear the horn and then the horn goes when the game ends and i almost and i forgot about that right so i'm like oh no they scored with like 15 seconds left because i'm behind on the stream uh and then i forget that that's like they play a bunch at the end and i was like oh my god like it hit so it came down the last second about me worrying about that you know, follow the Betway bet. We got another bet uh, coming up later here on the show. Uh, but I think it's about that time here, Quads, to get to the prospects report. These are big ones when we wrap up the weekend here. Uh, so we got a ton to get to. Let's get into it. Let's start with Aiden McDonough, who had five points this weekend, three goals and two assists in two games against Vermont. Very nice little showing for McDonough, who was able to step up into you know, a scoring role after not having the best opening weekend. Canucks top prospect, uh, Jonathan LeCare Mackey, he also uh, found the score sheet. He scored on Friday. I don't remember if we touched on that on the show because I think it happened pretty early on Friday, but I'm not 100% uh, if that one was talked about on Friday's show, so I just want to bring it up. He did happen to score. Uh, now we got the video. Let's go flip it over. Philip Johansson, here he is, the right shot defenseman. Look at the shoulder shrug. Yeah, just scored a goal, whatever. CHL, not a big deal. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest goal. I mean, you know, this is a, uh, a wrist shot from the right side. He gets it over the shoulder. Just a, you know, I don't know if that beats NHL goaltenders, but I tell you, he's still putting up a lot of points um, in the Champions League. He's a point-per-game defenseman. That's still damn impressive. He's putting up goals. You like to see that. Uh, and Philip Johansson, I tell you, he's starting to become the star of the show in the prospects reports. And for a right shot defenseman, I love to see it. Um, let's get to another clip here. I got Yanni Yermo as well. He was playing in the CHL, which, by the way, I'm saying CHL. I'm talking about Champions Hockey League. Uh, so this is what the European teams, the top teams in Europe, uh, end up playing together. It's sort of like you might know it more in like soccer, right? Where like the teams compete from different leagues to see who's the best. Um, so let's get to that one now quick. The Yanni Yermo one, this one a little bit better. Look at this. Couple steps in from the blue line. He was playing the right side today, also playing on a first pairing. So uh, the left shot, twenty-year-old defenseman. Nice to see Yanni Yermo getting back on the score sheet. Obviously, he moves extremely well, has good offensive ability. So for him to actually get some goals on the board, that's what we'd like to see um, from Yanni Yermo. Quads, are you awake over there? Yes, I put my mic down, but I'm here. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure I haven't seen the sleeper cam come up um, just yet. So that's good. Uh, Yanni Irmo, obviously, like to see him stepping up. I mentioned it, the offensive stuff that he's going to be able to bring. Throughout the game, like, he took a couple couple little defensive blunders, also took a penalty at one point. Um, so you, you don't love to see that, obviously, uh, from Yanni Irmo, but it just feels like he is making better decisions this year so far, and, and maybe some of that's coming from the confidence that he had of the World Juniors. I just don't think there's been so many of the massive blunders that we saw last season. And finally, uh, for our clips here, let's get to this Elias Patterson goal, you know, let this one breathe a little bit. Elias Pettersson in overtime in a J20 game on Friday ends up skating the puck out of his own zone here. And I tell you, he's just looking so good in J20. So confident offensively, defensively, game winner in a J20 game. He is just ripping it up now. He's got nine points in six games uh, for the most recent draft pick in the third round for the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Pettersson, DPD, right, Quads? Reluctantly, yeah. <laughs> okay, DPD. Uh, so yeah, he's ripping it up in J20. And he played an SHL game. He had four minutes last week. So not uh, not getting into a ton of minutes. Uh, Connor Lockhart, he had four points in two games this weekend. He is now tied for second in OHL scoring with 10 points in four games. Uh, and I believe we're working on this. I think uh, Connor, uh, Connor Lockhart may be joining us on the show tomorrow. So uh, working on that. 
Um, so that should be exciting if he joins us on the show. Talk about his hot start. And finally, I think you can pull the picture here, Alex. What I don't know what's going on out in Abbotsford here, but uh, Danila Klimovich, who we're going to be keeping an eye on this season, obviously. Uh, Klimovich out here in Abbotsford. No, he's not wearing pants in, in this photo here. And they're taking their photos, headshots, I'm assuming, here. So here's a little behind-the-scenes shot, Danila Klimovich getting ready for the season. That's not headshots. Well, they're That's they're the probably taking like headshots. Season stuff. Yeah, but what what are they, they using from this photo here? Clip. They're not going to be posting like posting his legs clip. here on the uh, on the on the jumbotron, right? They're going to use his upper half. This is going to be the starting lineup announcement thing. This isn't going to be. They're not going to show the compression shorts that he's wearing. How but f- it's not a headshot. That's Why not? for sure. It's 2022. Have some fun. Go do the short shot. Anyways, Daniel well, Klimovich. the headshots, you're not going to have green light, that's all. By the way, he was papered up to Vancouver. I've seen for the first about 45 seconds, everyone's freaking out. It's like, it's Klimovich time. It's Klimovich time. This is it. What did I tell you back in preseason? He's going to make the team. No, he's just papered up here so the Canucks were able to hit that exact amount and become the first NHL team ever to to hit their LTIR at $3.5 exactly, cover it with Michael Furlan, and have $0 remaining. So uh, interesting little paper up and down there. Uh, for Daniel Klimovich. Uh, so he'll be down in the HL. But I, I, just speaking to Jeremy Carlton, you brought it up. I talked to him at the end of Abbotsford training camp. He, he's like, Klimovich has impressed a ton so far this summer and kind of going into the early preseason here. I think not in NHL preseason. I don't think he really stuck out in any of the games. But at the Young Stars, even at practice, at this final scrimmage at Abbotsford training camp, scores two goals. I mean, there's only like five goals scored in that whole scrimmage. Klimovich puts up a couple of them. I th- I have to feel like Jeremy Carlton looks at this guy, and, and for me, the goal for Klimovich was to be a top six AHLer by the end of the season. There's a world, and and we might be living in it, where Klimovich is starting in the top six in the AHL right now. Like I think he has progressed that much offensively, and at least strengthening his you know his strengths really, like improving the things that he's good at. I, I think he's done enough of that this off season and shown that in you know Young Stars tournament at training camp situations with scrimmages where Jeremy Carlton might put him into the top six to start the year, which would be massive for Klimovich because now we can actually see what he looks like at the AHL level playing with skilled guys instead of being in a fourth line role. So that that's a real possibility to start the AHL season this year. Yes. Jeez, this is zoomed right out, okay? All right. Well, the Mariners are winning 4 nothing as yeah. we're recording this, so What's, I just had to point that what out. What does everyone in Edmonton think about that? Is Edmonton the Mariners fans? They drive down? They hated that I had this hat on when I really? went into the office today. Like, yeah, I was met with pushback immediately. I don't wow. think anybody here is a Mariners fan. I'm scared. Pick me up. Dang. Okay. Well, uh, on the bottom, yeah, get Harmon to back you up. You guys will be able to. You guys are <laughs> two tough kids. Uh, from the prospects to the Betway bet, Alex, pull it up. Pull it up, Alex. Betway bet. This is another good one. You want to make some money? Come on down here to the end of the show. Betway. We got NHL hockey today, quads. NHL hockey today. And here's what I'm going with. This is a player special. Mika Zabinajet and Nikita Kucherov to each score tonight. Six to one. So you put 50 down, you're pulling like 50 bucks down, you're pulling out 300, you get your 50 back, you're walking out of there 350, you take yourself out for a dinner, and then you got 300 bucks in your pocket. Boom. Mika Zabinajet, Nikita Kucherov. See it on Betway right now. And there's, uh, hold on, I wrote this down because you mentioned it. I was like, do we ever have a read for Betway? Do we have anything? Promo code, nothing. You go on there, you get your first deposit matched up to $200. 
which uh, there's a good deal. Betway.com. So you put uh, 200 bucks in, you get 400 to bet. So then you, you bet it on this. You put 400 down here. Don't recommend that. But, you know, put $4 down. <laughs> turn that into 24 Then you get a free Arby's, uh, free Arby's dinner. It's foolproof. It's foolproof. Speaking of which, Harmon and I, we're going to either Harvey's or Arby's, two places that, uh, you know, you can't really find much in BC. Yeah, this threw me through a loop here that you were even considering Harvey's. Everything that I've heard about Harvey's. Harvey's is good. No, I've heard the Harvey's is trash. It's like the subway of... Uh, of burgers. Which is cool. I like Subway. I, that's why I like it so much is that you get to decorate your own burger. You get to make it however you want. I load that bad boy up with pickles. No extra charge, baby. Is that? Well, you can do that at any place. You know, McDonald's. No, they don't charge you for extra for, pickles. For an extra charge. Absolutely. No, they, they do. don't. No, they McDonald's don't. McDonald's is just handing, away, handing out pickles. Who do you think's had more McDonald's burgers in their lives, Quads? Obviously, I have. And I've known that they don't charge for extra pickles. I used to manage an A&W. We never charge for pickles there. I I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do my own research. Yeah, I guess so. I just I can't believe you're up in the air about uh, Harvey's versus Arby's. It's Arby's by. I liked a Arby's, man. Even their poutine was good. Their poutine was good there. Well, you got to get good. the Edmonton. Obviously, Canada's home of Donairs, They say, and anyone from the East Coast is gonna mm-hmm. throw stuff at me here. Heads up. But uh, yeah, they say Donairs <laughs> up there in Edmonton. Whatever they got over there, I don't. I wasn't blown away with the Donairs. You can tell the guys at the office that. Wow. Wait till he's in Vancouver to say it. <laughs> All right. We'll wrap things up there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Uh, Quads, you're going to be at Morning Skate? Yes? No? Yep. Morning Skate tomorrow, uh, and then we'll do the show, and then I'll be going to the game. Awesome. At beautiful Rogers Place as well. That uh, That is a gorgeous arena, so I'm excited to get your report back from that. Uh, we'll expect it to see the tweets. Corey's in here saying Harvey's over Arby's in the chat. I don't think so. Maybe for the it's burgers. True. But you get the sides and nothing tops an Arby's loaded uh, curly fries. Nothing tops it. Anyways. That's fair. That's fair. And that's the that's the best item in fast food. It's the it's the Arby's fully loaded fries. All right. Let's wrap things up. Go with onion rings. Get out of here, Corey, with the onion rings. I don't know what you're talking about here. The loaded fries. Not, anyways, I got to get out of the chat here. We'll wrap things up. Hit me back with the back view here. Final view of Quads uh, in his chair. He hasn't moved the whole time here. He's been zoned out the whole thing. Canucks Army hat, Canucks combo shirt. He's locked in, but he's not here. Uh, Over from Edmonton at the offices of Nation Network. From here, high above Rogers Arena, thank you for listening, watching, whatever you're doing, to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.